The Lifestylist, episode 210. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. If you are a discerning health enthusiast like myself and you want the best of the best, chances are that you've probably sat there and scratched your head at the health food store trying to figure out which CBD product to buy, right? I mean, this has happened to me on multiple occasions. They all make these claims. It does this, it does that, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone says they're the best. Who is actually the best? What actually works? Well, I found something recently that I'm super stoked about. It's called Onda. Now, Onda offers a patented, truly full-spectrum line of products and bulk oil, actually, that's not dependent on the use of alcohol, CO2, or other solvents for extraction. And their CBD is organically grown and produced in the USA. Now, here's the thing. When you take a plant that has medicinal qualities like the hemp or the cannabis plant, right, and you start stripping away all of the turpines and all of the cofactors that make it really a holistic, natural medicine, you end up with something close to a pharmaceutical, right? Now, some pharmaceuticals are great um, in a pinch when everything else has failed. But when it comes to a natural product like CBD oil, you really want the full spectrum of the plant and you don't want a bunch of junk in there when they got the extraction done, right? In other words, when they get the medicine out of the plant, you don't want to be adding poisons to it. So that's why I'm super stoked on Onda. I've been using it for a couple months. And I got to tell you, um, I don't have time to go into the benefits and there's legalities, but uh, this product has been amazing for sleep, anxiety, stress. I'm super into it. How you can get your hands on some is as follows. Go to OndaWellness.com. That's O-N-D-A, OndaWellness.com. And what's really exciting is that if you use the code LUKE15, you'll save 15% off. That's Onda Wellness and the discount code is Luke15. Go get your CBD on. I want you to be honest with yourself right now. Are you getting enough greens into your diet? Now, if you're a vegan and you're someone that eats tons of salads, maybe you are. But are you getting enough superfoods into your diet? In other words, are you getting the dense nutrition that comes in green herbs and superfoods? Maybe you are, maybe you're not. But one thing I can guarantee is that if you're going out and juicing and doing green smoothies, you're spending a grip of cash. I mean, a green juice here in Los Angeles where I'm currently recording can cost you up to $13, $14. And if you leave it in your car on a hot summer day, uh, that $14 can turn into something putrid real quick. This is why I love Organifi.com. Organifi.com forward slash Luke is where I get my Organifi green juice. Really good stuff. Super easy to mix into water. Tastes delicious, has no glycemic index. In other words, no sugar, doesn't spike your blood sugar. It's got all sorts of healing, energizing, alkalizing herbs in it. And it tastes bomb. Easy to travel with, easy to use. And it is super affordable, especially when you compare it to the waste and the inconvenience of fresh green juices and smoothies. So go to Organifi.com, that's spelled with an I, Organifi.com forward slash Luke. 
And I've got even better news for you. If you use the code lifestylist at Organifi.com, you're going to save 20% off your order. Are you dirty? Do you want to get clean? Well, today's show is going to teach you how to do that. I'm Luke Story. You're listening to the Lifestylist Podcast. And today we're going to be talking to Dr. Chris Shade, one of the world's most renowned experts on the topic of detoxing. He's a PhD and the founder and CEO of Quicksilver Scientific. Here's what we're going to talk about. How your body naturally detoxifies itself when the system is working properly. Why Dr. Shade was dissatisfied with other detox products and supplements on the market and decided to make them himself. How mercury can destroy your mind and body and the best way to get rid of it. Why a liposomal delivery system is the most effective way of getting nutrients into your body without destroying the nutrients on the way. What you will learn from Quicksilver's next level toxicity test and frankly what I learned from it. How leaded gasoline was related to violent crime before it became outlawed. Some game-changing info about keto that will blow your mind. Where you are accumulating the most toxins in your day-to-day life. Why infrared saunas are beneficial for detox beyond just the sweat part. The best supplements for travel. What lesser known but vital nutrients you probably aren't getting enough of through your diet. And finally, the danger of armchair scientists and how junk science gets perpetuated online. And I want to let you know that I'm a huge fan of Chris's company, Quicksilver Scientific, so much so that I've included a bunch of his products on lukestory.com forward slash store. When you go through lukestory.com forward slash store, you can save 10% off these really high quality products. Uh, I would say his supplements are basically the only ones that I take. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have him on the show. Now, I take tons of herbs and nootropics and all sorts of different things. But when it comes to like straight up vitamin B, glutathione, et cetera, uh, he's got the jams over there. So go to lukestory.com forward slash store, save 10% off your first order only, unfortunately. But 10% is a lot because his supplements are are really high end and they're not cheap. I'm just going to let you know up front, but you can find them there and I encourage you to do so. Don't forget to tune in next Tuesday for Aubrey Marcus and Whitney Miller when they talk about the anatomy of their open relationship. That show, my friends, is one you don't want to miss. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss that one or any shows to follow. And we've got a couple upcoming events. I'll be speaking and doing workshops at Rama Fest in Majorca, Spain, July 19th through 22nd. I'll also be uh, doing a lot of work over at the Health Optimization Summit in London on September 14th and 15th. I believe I'm going to be an MC doing a couple talks. Really excited about that one. That um, Health Optimization Summit is a collaboration between Paleo Effects and Bulletproof Upgrade Labs with my friend and future podcast guest, Tim Gray. So that's going to be a fantastic event. It's kind of the biohacking event of Europe this year, which is going to be rad. So if you want to come to hang out with me, at RamaFest in Majorca, Spain, or come to London, now's the time to do it. Go to lukestory.com forward slash events. That's lukestory.com forward slash events. So let's talk about our guest today before we jump into this conversation. Dr. Chris Shade is a recognized expert on mercury and liposomal delivery systems and a driving force of development and innovation in those fields. Dr. Shade's vast depth and breadth of knowledge, passion for healing, and intuitive understanding of chemistry and biology are reflected in Quicksilver Scientific's well-designed detoxification protocols, unique supplement delivery systems, and patented mercury speciation test. So right now, I'd like you to sit back, relax, and listen to Dr. Chris Shade teach us about the art and science of detox. Enjoy the show and make sure to share it with a friend. Hi, 
All right, here we go. Sitting down with Dr. Christopher Shade, otherwise known to people here today as Chris. Welcome, dude. <laughs> Happy to be here. They, they introduced me yesterday as the godfather of lipid nanoparticles. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, good. People are going, and what's that? And you're going to find out, folks. Yeah. So I want to, you know, cover a lot of stuff with you today. I've been wanting to interview you for a couple of years at least now. And so we could probably sit here for five hours if I could sequester you. But within the, <laughs> within the allotted time, I want to focus a bit on the need for detox, mm-hmm. effective ways to detox. And then I really want to talk about the nano delivery oh. liposomal thing because I myself, I know I've wasted a lot of money on supplements over the oh, years, yeah. um, taking pills and powders going, I think it's working. I don't really know. Yeah. And I think the absorption of nutrients is something we could cover too, but let's maybe just jump in um, to a, a abbreviated version of, of your history and, sure. and studies and how did you kind of get into the health industry to begin with? Well, it all started when I was born in a steel town, <laughs> Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Bethlehem Steel. And so uh, I grew up, got, uh, I was a, sort of a science and math guy and then got disillusioned with uh, environmental science that I was doing and uh, went into organic farming. And uh, I, I was, you know, suddenly... You know, into this idea of this holistic approach to health and uh, health of the food supply. And uh, it, it was a little early. I joked that I went out of business the year that Whole Foods came along. <laughs> right, you know, right. it was a little, little before the time you could make money. And so I did a variety of things. And uh, that led me back to uh, going back to graduate school. And uh, I did my PhD uh, around. Uh, Environmental biogeochemistry of mercury. This is mercury moving through the environment uh, and all the transformations it does, and you know how it builds up in the food chain. It was a very sophisticated understanding of mercury biochemistry, and uh, and I patented some testing while I was doing that, and I used that to start the company uh, out in Boulder. And originally doing environmental testing, and then I went into clinical. This is what I always wanted to do, was get back to doing clinical stuff. And so I had this good test, but I had to come up with a solution then. You know, you show people the mercury problem, you got to help them fix it. And at the time, I didn't have in mind that I was going to start making nutritionals and nutraceuticals. I thought that I was just going to serve testing around people using uh, chelators like DMSA and DMPS. And they do their challenge tests and I tell them which form of mercury was in there. And I started taking chelators myself. I had 17 amalgams and a history of growing up in a steel town. I had a lot of metal in me. You know? Yeah, metal fillings, by the way, is what he's referring to, folks. Yeah, I had dental amalgams, 50% mercury. And so I started taking chelators and it just blew me out completely. It blew out my adrenals, my kidneys, uh, my brain. I was just a mess. And and I'm measuring the the mercury in the urine. Nothing's coming out. And I'm like, boy, this is a really bad way to go. Really? Yeah. yeah Were you doing oral or IV chelation? Oral. Yeah. And uh, and if your kidney filtration system isn't working, this is one of the things that you can see very clearly with our testing. If that's not working, then the chelators can't get the metals out. They'll start moving them from the binding sites they're on, but they won't get them out. So it just uh, it stirs up redistribution. This is one of the biggest problems with detoxification is redistribution. And when we talk about how you set up a detox system, you're setting it up to get everything out and not stir the pot. 
And so I was taking the chelators. It was stirring the pot. It got me really sick. And I was at the same time watching Colorado Functional Medicine Group meetings every uh, every month or so. And these were you know functional medicine luminaries, uh, you know Bob Browntree, Pat Hanaway, uh, Nigel Plummer, early guys. And they kept lecturing on the uh, on the importance of uh, the immune system in the GI tract, and I was like, you know, why am I trying to push all this stuff through my kidneys? Kidneys are very delicate. I should be using the GI and the liver. And uh, I had this aha moment, and I went back to my lab, and I used to make these products, kind of like cholestyramine, but for mercury. Uh, there were special all functionalized silicas. It's like a sand grain that you put DMPS on. And it goes through your GI tract and bounces around and gathers up all the metals. And I used to synthesize these uh, for taking mercury out of water uh, to concentrate it and analyze it. And I was like, oh, damn, I could take these orally and go through and clean all this metal out of my GI and start pulling it out of my liver. And just that one supplement there that's now called IMD, fixed all the problems that I had from doing the chelation. And uh, it was so powerful. And then I introduced it to Hal Huggins and Teacher Klinghart, and they, they integrated it right away. Wow, and, Hal uh, Huggins being kind of the father of holistic, grandfather of holistic dentistry. Yes, right? yes. And then Dietrich Klinghart, you know, uh, German biomedical medicine, uh, PhD, MD, one of the most radical early guys working in detail, in metals and lime. And, and you know, it filled a big hole in, uh, you know, a big void in their arsenal of detox stuff. And it worked so well, I had to start getting into like, well, why did this work? And uh, I started reading more and more about how detoxification works. And when I came into the clinical world, I brought all this like high-end biochemistry and environmental chemistry about mercury, but nobody was looking at it that way in the clinical world. It was just like chelator in, mercury out. And, and so I started digging even more into the natural biochemistry of detoxification. What things do you make in your body? What enzymes, what transporters? How do you sequence this all to get a metal out of the body and take it out? And you know, there was this sort of stupid mythology going on at the time, like, uh, unless you take chelators, it never comes out. And it's like, no, that's ridiculous. These metals are all natural. We've evolved with systems to deal with them, just like all the toxins. And so as I got to understand that this was all part of the glutathione system, why this one supplement going through harvesting metal out of the GI tract was turning everything up upstream from it, it was all within the domain of the glutathione system. And that's glutathione, these transferases that work with it to link a toxin, take it off of a cellular protein and link it onto glutathione, and then the transporters that move that all out. So if you're in a cell, the way you detoxify from mercury is you're going to have glutathione produced in the cell, you're going to have these transferases, and the transferases are going to catalyze pulling the mercury off of a protein it's bound to and linking it onto glutathione. Then you have a mercury glutathione com, uh, conjugate that's in the cell. You got to get it out. And none of this stuff diffuses. These are anionic and you have active transport systems that move them. They use magnesium and ATP. It's one of the reasons you need magnesium during detox and one of the reasons you need energy. So that pumps it out of the cell. And when that system's working, conjugating, pumping, conjugating, pumping, conjugating, pumping, the cell's free from the toxic effects of the, of the metals that are in the system. 
So I call that the microcosmic level of detox, the cell level pushing away. And from there, you're into circulation. Now you got a filter. So this macrocosmic level is grabbing stuff and pulling it into the liver, active transport into the liver, and active transport into the bile tree and draining with the bile into the GI tract. And that aspect of the co-regulation of toxin transport or bile transport is a huge part of how a detox works or doesn't work according to how well your bioflow is working. So that's that's it really interesting because I've you know I often take binders and things like that if yeah. I'm feeling a little funky, whatever, you know, bentonite clay, different charcoals, all this kind of shit. Kelp extract, whatever. And yeah. it, it always occurs to me when I'm doing that, like, cool, I'm gonna have a clean GI tract, but everything upstream from that yeah, if the if the you know, and I have a very rudimentary understanding of it, but if the organs aren't assisting in getting it out of the yeah. bloodstream and out of the tissues and yeah. out of the other organs, then doing those binders isn't doing anything because nothing's dumped it into your exactly. GI tract yet. Exactly, right? and, and so you know, uh, this is seeing how the system work is what got me into making all the rest of these products. So I saw I needed glutathione. Uh, I saw I needed something to upregulate these transferases. And I saw I needed something to assist with the transport. And so I started with the liposomal glutathione. I started using other people's liposomal glutathione. And I'm just like, these things, I don't know if these work. And they're telling me, oh, it's nano this, nano that. And the more I read about all this stuff, I'm like, no, there's no way. It doesn't look like it is. You know, these nano things should be transparent. And so I started, you know, you know, if you want a job done right, you do it yourself. So right. I started making my own stuff. And, uh, and I went into this one, I found this guy who makes all this equipment for emulsion and liposome uh, stability. And he works, he does work for pharmaceutical companies and, you know, big Procter & Gamble level companies uh, uh, for their emulsion systems. And uh, I showed him what I was doing and... And he gives me a couple tips and I go back and I, I do another round of making these things and I bring them into him. And I said, okay, can you put it on the machine to break the emulsion? Tell me how stable it is. And he just looked at it and he goes, I'm not going to waste my time. It'll take about a week. And they have these high speed centrifuges for breaking the emulsions. And, uh, and he goes, you did it. You're the one. Because supplement companies call me all the time and ask me about liposomes and emulsion systems. And I can tell they don't really know what they're doing. And I've looked at some of this stuff out there and it's all junk. This, what you just did is perfect. You're going to be the one to bring this all into nutritionals. Wow. Yeah. That's a good compliment. For people that don't understand what uh, um, emulsion is and um, what you, is it liposome or liposome? Uh, technically, it's liposome, but everybody liposome. says liposome, including me. It's, you know, it's okay. just like you end up going the way that the herd is so, gone. So explain in, in layman's terms what this uh, emulsification process is and why you would want to get nutrients into your body um, through a liposomal delivery. Right. So back to the story of detox, yeah. you needed to get glutathione into the body. Okay. Okay. But glutathione won't go into the body in a capsule because it's three amino acids bound together and your digestion is going to break them apart into amino acids and you're just going to get the precursors. And so you need some hack around to get uh, glutathione complete into the system. And uh, Into the and system? You mean into the cell? Like well, in both into the blood and into the cell. Oh, okay. So first you need absorption of it. And the capsule won't absorb glutathione. Right. So how are you going to hack around that? And that led me, somebody showed me these things called liposomes. And so 
liposomes and emulsions are part of lipid particles. And if they're really small, they're called lipid nanoparticles. And they're delivery vehicles for active compounds that you put into them. And so the liposome is like a little cell. It's made of a phospholipid bilayer membrane, just like your cell membranes are. And you make those from by extracting phospholipids from lecithin and then putting those into water and they make these little spheres that contain, they entrap a little bit of the water. So if you make water with glutathione in it and then you put the uh, phospholipids in, they make these spheres. And then you take it to the next step of what's called high shear homogenization where you break these big spheres down into little ones. And if you make them small enough, you've got your glutathione entrapped inside this little sphere. And if they're small enough, they'll passively diffuse uh, right through your mucous membranes, including right in the oral cavity. And then when you swallow whatever wasn't absorbed in your mouth, in the stomach, upper GI tract, they passively diffuse in. Kind of like as if you had emulsified fats. When you take fats, your bile is an emulsifier and makes little emulsified droplets of these oh, fat interesting. oils. Interesting. Yeah, and then All they right. get pulled into the enterocytes, which are the cells lining the GI tract. And in the enterocyte, you take those fats and you build them into a little nano emulsion particle. You wrap the fats in phospholipids and you put them into uh, lymphatic circulation and that's how you get your fatty acids and triglycerides out to the rest of your body. Cool. So your body's uh. got this mechanism for making this stuff. Right. And and, uh, and they go down into this nano range, these little chylomicrons, they're called, the, the little liposomes that you make in your gut. So this was this way to hack around the absorption and get glutathione right in. And so the liposome or liposome is made for taking water solubles in. Then a nano emulsion. Emulsions are, you know, generally an emulsion is a dispersion of oil droplets in a water matrix. And like if you made an Italian dressing, uh, you got oil, water, you shake it up and there's globs of oil inside the water and then they separate out. Now, if you're making a moutard and if you make like a good French moutard, you're going to put mustard and some egg yolk in. Egg yolk has phospholipids, mustard has other emulsifiers and now you whisk it all up and it stays together for a while. The emulsifiers wrap around the droplet of oil and they have two parts to them, a fatty part that goes into the droplet and a water-soluble part that stabilizes the droplet in the water. So we do this at this really high level where we're making these oil emulsions and we're dissolving oil-soluble nutrients into the oil and then emulsifying. So the nano-emulsion carries oil-soluble components into absorption, uh, you know, into into your blood uh, by creating these emulsified droplets and then breaking them down to this super nano size. Uh, so like the keto before six, this is a 20 nanometer particle. I mean, these really small ones go in so fast. And in fact, the intraoral absorption is such that you'll see a peak in the blood in as little as 15 minutes. So like the uptake studies we've done on CBD, resveratrol, you'll peak between 15 and 25 minutes and the peak is really high. This is super important because capsules, like 
even if you're getting them in, you're getting them in very, very slowly over a long period of time. And if you're doing these protocols where you're trying to affect your biochemistry, you're trying to do this kind of sequential affecting of the chemistry. Like in our detox, when we get back to detox, stimulating phases of detox, stimulating bioflow, getting this stuff all into the GI tract, and then coming in with your binder. Now, if you take all these capsules, this could happen over a two, three hour period. But if you take these nano emulsions, boom, in, tw- in you know, 20, 30 minutes, all these things are activated, your liver's activated and you're dumping toxins out. 30 minutes after the liposome, you take your binder, you clean it all up and then you're done. Or in the case of keto before six, that's able to flip all these genetic triggers and move you immediately into ketosis, meaning that it's upregulating all these triggers like AMPK and PPAR-alpha, PGC1A, flipping you into lipolysis, turning up mitochondrial biogenesis, turning down uh, lipid storage, you know, all the stuff that keto does for you. It does it so quickly that you're making ketones in an hour, hour and a half. And it can only do that because these nano emulsions bring this massive bioavailability to these compounds that we know should do this but never really work in practice. Things like berberine, resveratrol, quercetin, really poor bioavailability on those things. Then you put them in these nanoparticles and all of a sudden you've got the magic of natural medicine. The promise, what we were sold on, that we could hack our chemistry, we could go into this state, that state, that state, and it never works. And you're just putting out expensive (laughs) poop, you know, with all these supplements in it. Now, all of a sudden, you are able to hit these thresholds that induce gene triggers. Gene triggers, like there's things called nuclear transcription factors. And there's these big regulator switches. And different nutraceuticals or your dietary habits will trigger these to go into the nucleus and turn on all these genes. NRF2 is what we use for detox. Uh, AMPK and PPAR alpha, these are aspects of ketogenesis. And these are triggered by these phytochemicals, but only at really peak doses. So it can't be a low and slow absorption. It's got fast and furious. And then you can trigger the cell to go into these different states. With with the uh, emulsifying things on a simplistic level, would you say that um, you know making a bulletproof coffee where you have a caffeine it's molecule emulsion. and you're, you're blending it with these fats... Is, are you getting what it seems like to me? Because this was my first intro into like a high fat diet. I would have a bulletproof coffee and then I wouldn't want to eat for like six, seven hours, yeah. you know? And I'm, and, but I didn't get a big caffeine rush as if, if I had a black coffee or coffee with yeah. sugar or cream. I'm just like, ah, too nervous, too much anxiety. And so I, it, to me, it seemed like I'm getting sort of a, um, a slow drip kind of time release of the caffeine because the, the emulsification of the, the thing in the blender of the drink in the blender. Am I, is my intuition right there? Or is, is that no, not no, what's happening? No, it is. And I hadn't really thought about that. So some of the caffeine, caffeine so your MCT, the nice thing about it is it almost kind of self-emulsifies. You blend it up in water, it makes that milky stuff and those right. are little dispersed droplets. Right. And it's because of the nature of that fat, it emulsifies pretty well. It doesn't separate real quick. Right. You'll see the butter float to the top, but the MCT stays in there pretty yeah. nicely. Uh, and you see like fat water, they're using uh, acacia gum to help keep that emulsion together. But those little droplets of oil, fat-soluble things will partition into those droplets of oil. And so the, uh, the caffeine, it, it's, 
you know, it's sort of borderline. It extracts with water, but it kind of likes fat too. And so I bet some of it will go into those fat particles and the fat particles are, are absorbed more slowly. And so you probably don't have that, that quick that right. quick rush in. Interesting. I just always wondered that and I'm like waiting to ask someone who would have and a valid answer. And you may have answer. slower gastric emptying. Uh, but I, yeah, you definitely would partition some of that into the oil and slowly pull that in. I've also played around a bit with um, like making a, whether it's a bulletproof coffee or just a fatty herbal elixir or something like that. Yeah. If I use ghee, it's too oily and greasy. But if I put some non-GMO soy lecithin yeah. in there, then it's it just makes it completely creamy like it was butter. It's so, interesting. Yeah, the, way that the stuff lecithin works. is, that's your basic emulsifier. Right. And in all the foods, that's your basic emulsifier. That's how you make nice, smooth chocolate. You get this lecithin-free chocolate that's like eating chalk. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, chalk, they use... chalk Chocolate. <laughs> no, the chalk is spelled wrong. Uh, and, and they'll use it for ice creams and all kinds of things. Right. So basic lecithin uh, and the soy isn't really the best. It's best to get sunflower because yeah, soy still soy lecithin still has some of these uh, some of these uh, phytoestrogens right. and and anti nutrients and stuff. But we don't the emulsifiers we use are actually in the lecithin. We just extract it out, and so lecithin is like fifteen percent phosphatidylcholine. We buy this stuff that's 90% phosphatidylcholine from Germany from this. These are injectable grades from a pharmaceutical plant in Germany, really high end when we were just there last year. It's a fantastic place. But that's what you use for making these liposomes and these really high grade nano emulsions. Use these pharmaceutical, these are injectable grade phospholipids. But just using lecithin will make a better emulsion. It will increase bioavailability of some things to, to certain degrees. I use that. Uh, there's a nootropic that I take periodically. I try not to overdo it because it's pretty fun, but it's called uh, Phenibit HCL. I don't know if you're familiar. <laughs> Got some in my pocket. Oh, you do? That's funny. <laughs> the the Phenibit, you know, when like coming to an event, where I'm going to speak oh, wait, with a lot of people. No, no. I've got, I've got Deprenol, Selegi- oh, got Selegilin, yeah, yeah. Modafinil, and uh, Paracetam and Adrafinil all like you're, in my okay, pocket. You're my kind of you're my kind of cowboy, dude. Um, <laughs> but with Phenibit, it's fat-soluble, and they say you really won't absorb it at all if you just try to stir it up in some water. So yeah. I do my own little MCT, some yeah, lecithin. Yeah. And I find, you know, a half a teaspoon of that you have this huge sort of GABA. Yeah, that's the Phenobius, the GABA stuff. Yeah, it's like, yeah. A, it's like a GABA high, but without the sense of drunkenness. You know, oh, where you yeah, can still, yeah. like your cognition can yeah. still be sharp and you're focused, yeah, yeah. but very socially lubricated. Right. socially lubricating. Yeah. I, I love the term social lubricant. <laughs> yeah, could be taken a few different ways. Well, um, you know, alcohol is the quintessential social lubricant. Yeah. But and that, they used to call my mother a social lubricant. That is... She would talk to everybody at a party. That's funny. She's yeah. the opener. So I want to back and up a little... Drink alcohol. I want to back up a little bit to to the testing because I've I've actually used the Quicksilver Scientific. I think I did the tri test. Yeah, yeah. The mercury test where was it? Is it blood, urine? Blood, hair, and urine. Blood, hair, and urine, yeah. And then we separate the different forms, methylmercury right. from fish, inorganic mercury from amalgam, and also a breakdown product of methylmercury. And so you got methyl and inorganic mercury. And they go out, like, the stuff in the hair is all methyl. That's just fish-based. You can have a mouthful of amalgams, and it'll never go into the hair. Wow. Yeah, and then people will measure hair and make up some fucking story about the, you know, right. what, what it means. Uh, and then in the urine, it's all inorganic mercury. And... And in the blood, there's both. So we separate and look at the distribution of the two in the blood, and then we look at hair and urine. And hair and urine represent excretion paths for those two forms. 
urine for inorganic hair for methylmercury. Uh, and that when we compare blood inorganic to urinary output of inorganic mercury, it's a direct measure of the toxin transport system in the kidneys. It's actually in the proximal tubules. It's not glomerular filtration. And that's something that nothing else can measure. And that's something that when that's broken and that transport mechanism is, is not working well, you're going to have high amount in the blood, low amount in the urine. And then you take chelators. Those transporters are required for the chelators too. And that's when you just stir up the mercury oh, and nothing comes out. I'm so glad I didn't do chelation. I did a couple oh, yeah. other things, which we'll get into, but... I just, intuitively, I just, yeah. I never liked it. Mm. The idea, I mean, I didn't even research it that much. I just thought, uh, you know, I did some functional medicine testing. I had really high lead. Oh, my yeah, mercury yeah. was, you know, probably average for your average kind yeah. of toxic American, but my lead was off the charts. And so, the, oh, you need to do chelation, the IVs once a week. And I just, I, I just didn't vibe with it. I yeah. think I, I've only done chelation just to do the challenge urine test for yep. metals, you know, where you, you stir it yeah, up yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, you stir it up, you get a higher signal. And, right. But yeah. um, so so you figured out a really effective way to, to test the three different you yeah. know, um, ways in which it's going to show up. Where in our environment, other than fish and having metal fillings, are we picking up all this mercury that's become kind of pandemic, I would say? You know, those are the those are the two biggest ways. Okay. It is in the vaccines. You get uh, some from things like flu vaccines. About half of them have uh, mercury in it. Most of the other vaccines of pediatric don't have them anymore. Really? So uh, the the one you know, because the whole thing <laughs> this oof, this could be a huge rabbit hole. And I'll try to avoid. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did an interview with a guy named Del Bigtree, who's a big. Oh, pro, I know Del well. Yeah, great guy. Pro safety. People yeah, call yeah. him an anti-vaxxer. No, too. it's pro safety. Don't just give them five yeah. <laughs> freaking vaccines while they're sick on antibiotics. That's the big problem is the doctors only see the kids when they're sick and then they're all screwed up and they got this big immune thing going on and then they jack all these vaccines in there. That's the stupid part about it. It's not that vaccines don't create herd immunity. It's that they're unsafely administered sometimes because nobody's really thinking about and that. People have the beef, you know, those that are kind of in the know that understand like there is some danger there and there's a lot of corruption within the CDC, uh, which is pretty obvious if you look yeah. into it. <laughs> but most people think that it's, um, oh, it's the, there's mercury as a preservative. No, no. So it, it used to be. Okay. And it was an adjuvant, really. They called it a preservative. But if you look in like the the liter the veterinary literature they would use thimerosal that uh, ethyl mercury thiosalicylate is what that was they would use that as an immune adjuvant and so i think that the it was never approved as an adjuvant so they were using it as a preservative to do multi multiple sticks and you know multiple draws and and uh, you know uh, and vaccinate multiple people from one vial and I think they were getting double billing out of it so it was definitely a very bad player in the vaccines but that's you know that's not where the problem of the vaccines comes from. Uh, I mean, it, it might have added to it. It's just this hyper-upregulation of the immune system that happens. And it's usually to these, you know, occasionally you hear of, of kids, you know, having one vaccine and things get pretty bad and then it settles down, they get another one and it gets really bad. But most of the stories that you'll hear from the parents when you're at like autism one are like, oh, I got five or six in one day. We was already sick. All this stuff was going on. 
and they bang all that stuff in there and the immune system just goes nuts. And then you have this runaway inflammatory, almost autoimmune response. And it becomes a neuroinflammatory response. And that's, that's you know, my in a nutshell where, yeah, yeah. where yeah. the problem with the vaccines so and it's, autism So it's too is. much too soon. And too much all time. at once at the wrong yeah. time. Right. Right, you know, and then there's there's genetic factors that that play into, and it but. seems, um, and I've you know, I, obviously, I don't want to d- divert too much mm-hmm. from the, the the topics that I really want to cover, but it seems to affect um, boys a, a lot more adversely. Yeah, in, in my uh, observation, four to one, uh, boys to girls uh, was the autism wow. rates at least wow. uh, at least you know 15 years ago. That's what it was. Yeah, and so there's interactions with testosterone. And some there was some cool work. Uh, Boyd Haley did cool work with back when mercury is in the vaccines, where if you put mercury into a cell culture with a little testosterone, it would just kill everything. Oh, And wow. if you put it in with estrogen, it was protective. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so back into, back into just the mercury issue, and I want to... And even the girls who have autism have high testosterone levels. Really? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. God, nature and science is so freaky. Uh so, okay, so there's a few different ways in which we're going to get mercury. Having mercury in our system at these high levels, as, as many people, if not most people do, what, what in a basic way does that do for us? What's the problem with, you know, having, what, oh, so I got some mercury in my blood, everyone has it, what's the big deal? What are some of the known side effects or yeah, so how it, you know, uh, develops into some sort of disease afterward or something it, like that? It goes in and it's very sticky and it sticks on to sulfur groups that are part of enzymes and membranes and blocks the activity of, uh, I remember some of Boyd Healy's work, he used to make enzyme assays uh, before he was into looking at metals and mercury was the only metal that could block every single enzyme he had an assay for. Uh, none of the other metals could do that. And so when you're blocking enzymes, you're blocking a lot of this driving of metabolism and you're slowing down metabolism. Specifically, where you have the most damage uh, in, at a cellular level will be in the mitochondria. And there it's dysregulating ATP production, energy production. And, you know, that's fundamental to everything. And systemically, like organ-wise, you'll have uh, a lot of uh, effect on thyroid and adrenals. And so that's further dysregulating energy metabolism, bringing energy down. And in the brain, it winds up in neuroinflammatory processes and overactivates the GABA receptors, uh, which creates uh, anxiety and uh, sympathetic chronic sympathetic tone to your autonomics. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And that could be a wind-up wow. of the neuroinflammatory cycle where you activate microglia and there's pro-inflammatory cytokines from that. Especially, see, a lot of this is like one-two punch stuff. Uh, in the presence of other pro-inflammatory mediators, mercury is way, 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 way worse for a couple of reasons, and the most fundamental of which is that inflammation and detoxification or chemo protection, I like to call detoxification, are fundamental opposites. When inflammation is up, you turn down this whole system that involves antioxidants because inflammation is pro-oxidant. You make pro-oxidants to kill invaders. You make hydrogen peroxide, hypochlorous acid, like bleach. You got these little bleach-producing cells. Right. And when you're doing that, you want to turn down your production of endogenous antioxidants. And detox is all part of this antioxidant system. 
So inflammation turns that down. Remember in the cell, if the system's up, you're resistant. If the system's down, you're susceptible to toxins. So the major inflammation that's driving susceptibility and uh, sort of collateral, well, not collateral, but it's like uh, it, it, there's this working together of the toxins and the inflammation. The toxins and the inflammation. So the main inflammation that's generating this is endotoxin. Endotoxin are these little, they're also called lipopolysaccharides, and they're little uh, parts of cell membranes of gram-negative bacteria. And your immune system is acutely sensitive to them because if they're in the blood, that could mean that there's a septic infection. And so your immune system winds up inflammation to try to kill what it thinks is a strong infection. So how do you get all this endotoxin into the blood? Leaky gut is the biggest way. Oh. Chronic infections will do this. Sinus infection, jawbone infections, you know, infected root canals, UTIs. But leaky gut is the biggest thing. And that's kind of epidemic these days. Yeah. And I brought that up because that activates one part of neuroinflammation of the mercury activates the other side and it gets really bad. You have a perfect storm. Yeah. And, and you, you feel like you have no IQ anymore when you're yeah, yeah. So <laughs> having that when, subjective experience. When it's mercury alone, it winds up anxiety. And yeah. so fatigue and anxiety are the most quintessential symptoms of mercury toxicity. But then when you get the endotoxin in there too, then you have brain fog and then your IQ yeah. goes down to zero. Yeah. And then you have anxiety about being so stupid. Uh, <laughs> and and so that's that's how that whole thing works out. And then yeah. because of that neuroinflammation, you're, sh you're shifted into chronic sympathetic tone, which is fight or flight, which means then on a cellular energetic level, you're starting to prioritize your energy into fight or flight. You're not putting any priority into cellular maintenance. In fact, that chemoprotection system they used to, when they first started identifying these proteins and enzymes, they called them house cleaning proteins for you know, sweeping up the house. And they're a luxury thing. And you do them when you've got luxury energy and luxury time and your autonomics are back into parasympathetic. You know, parasympathetic, rest, digest, repair, regenerate, detoxify. And so uh, Mercury has this sort of, you know, self-fulfilling behavior where, where it's <clears throat> the effects of it are sticking you into this anti-detoxification state. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. I've been studying not only the cause of modern disease, but also natural treatments for those diseases for over two decades. And after all of that research, and everything that I've learned, one of the most important things that I've discovered is the fact that many of our diseases are caused by non-native blue light. That means exposing ourselves to alien light after dark. You know, we've evolved to only see firelight, moonlight, and starlight after dark. But when we invented the incandescent light bulb, which I'm sitting under right now and I'm so grateful for, we basically trashed our health. So if you're someone that cares about your health, it's really important that you start protecting yourself from blue light at night. And that means all the white light all around you. It's really easy to do that thanks to a company called Blue Blocks. If you go to blueblocks.com, that's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, you will find a variety of eyewear 
Much of it very attractive, also have prescription glasses, reading glasses, and just regular glasses that protect you from blue light. And these glasses they make block 100% of the light in the negative range. In other words, don't tell your brain that it's noon when it's midnight, guys. Really, really easy fix. And the health problems that result from this exposure to blue light are endless. I don't want to use the C word and I'm not trying to like use scare tactics, but it's honestly just the reality of it. So many of our modern diseases come from exposure to this light at night. It really trashes your sleep and melatonin, neurotransmitters, hormones. It totally sucks. So get out in the sun as much as you can safely. Get natural light in your eyes. And then at night, protect your brain and your eyes from blue light using Blue Blocks. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com. Here's the really good news. If you use the code LIFESTYLIST at checkout, you're going to save 15% off your protective blue blocking eyewear. And now back to the interview. Going on to what I think is perhaps the um, next most problematic metal, and I want to see if this is in fact true, but I think I'm just selfishly wanting to know for myself, would be lead. Would that be number two that's most prevalent and most harmful? I I would put it there. Uh, Joe Pizzorno, this uh, naturopath from Bastyr, might have been one of the founders of Bastyr, is all into arsenic being the biggest one right now. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not exactly sure why he puts it quite at the top. It is carcinogenic, and that may be why. But traditionally, it's been mercury lead were the biggest ones. Then you got cadmium arsenic, and it was just less common to see big cadmium and arsenic poisoning. But they are pretty nasty metals, too. But, yeah, I would, I would put lead as number two. And, it, and the prevalence, see? It's just freaking everywhere. And... Uh, you know, we had decades of using white pigment paint was lead oxide, and that was the base for all paint. And right. so, hence the old lead paint thing. And we kind of which distributed is the, it which everywhere. Is still, the base of lipstick, most lipstick, is full lead of lead. Oxide? Yeah, that's what makes no it. Op- that's what makes it opaque and makes it stay on. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. So, like, you could, we're in Beverly Hills. You could go to the awesome. Chanel store and buy their best lipstick, and it's going to be full of lead. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm supposed to know these things. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, maybe the first time I get to teach a guest there something. There you go. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the big selling points of natural makeup is lead is not only in lipstick, but it's prevalent in a lot of the, the cover-ups, yeah. you know, the, the foundation and yeah. stuff like that because it, it's, a, it's great for paint. Yeah, it, yeah. It's opaque it's a great and it sticks. Pigment. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a great pigment and it and it spreads nicely. Yeah. So lead then it's it's a little bit different. You know, when you look at like neurological manifestations, there's a lot of a weirder like psychosis that can come with mercury. There's paranoia and delusional paranoia things that that are at the end of the mercury spectrum. Uh, lead, it's more belligerence and violence, mm. which is you know what I see in you when I talk. To you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it should have like, seen the brawl I got in last night, man. Oh, oh boy, sure. my just, lead like, was just up high. I was ready to go. I was ready to go. And so uh, violent criminals have you know uh, higher statistically higher lead levels and and when they take look oh yeah and then there was lead and gasoline remember leaded gasoline right right it really it was nice and lubricating on those pistons worked great you know and and it was all of this is one of the ways we distributed it all over the place and there's this great graph showing the drop in violent crime when they stopped leaded gasoline really over the next decade it's like it was going up 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 they stopped leaded gasoline and it started going down 
Wow. Yeah, that's a very cool graph there. And we have this great sort of slow-release, long-term accumulation system for lead, and that's our bones. It gets incorporated in place of calcium into the bones. And so it's sort of always exchanging with the body. And it's really hard to get rid of. It takes a long time. I mean, you can get your blood levels, blood lead levels down to zero, and the next year they're back to where they were. So it's a slow I've noticed release. that and always wondered why, you know, because yeah. I'll get, I'll do, you know, whatever test for metals. And then that, that little graph, lead is always like way into the red. You know? Yeah. Or the other ones are, you know, like right margin, there, marginal yeah. levels. But um, yeah, the lead and then. I do a protocol and a couple of years later, I'm like, it's, I've still been detoxing and doing all my yeah, work. Yeah, it takes it, a long time. Gary, yeah. Gary Gordon uh, would say, oh, lead's a seven-year thing because that's the bone turnover. You know, it takes oh, seven years to turn over bone. Interesting. And then you'll see, like, you'll see this in a lot of old uh, old people, especially old women, as they get osteopenia, then osteoporosis. They mobilize all this lead into the blood and their lead levels are really high and everything starts declining in them. Uh, and in fact, it advances the uh, lead creates osteoporosis and then wow. you start mobilizing it and then it's freer to poison the osteoblasts that make the bone. And Damn. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's, it's really intense. And there was, a, there was uh, sort of its real deleterious effects. Uh, I have uh, uh, friends up in Whistler uh, a, a clinic up in Whistler and she started sending me uh, blood metal testing and everybody had high lead in Whistler because it was in a groundwater. Oh. And there was a famous guy up there that uh, died recently and we, we think that was very strongly attributable to his lead levels. We measured them and they were really high. And he had uh, was kind of before he died, they she was worried about this and gave him a bone scan and he had osteopenia and the you know the blood will will, will break down the osteoblast, but it really does a number on the brain too. Yeah. Uh, I've sensed that some of my brain fog and cognition problems over the years. I mean, I partied pretty hard when I was younger too. I mean, much more than the average rock star. Awesome. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, I learned some lessons along the way. I had some yeah, fun. I certainly did that too. But I, I attributed... You know, so, some of it to that, because I, I feel like I'm a relatively intelligent person, but I can tell when my brain's on and when it's off. You know, yeah, I know the I, difference. And I, I, I remember I doing... It would, you know, a lot of the lead must have had something to I do with it. I remember doing a course of uh, liposomal EDTA for a while, focusing on that. And uh, and my clarity bumped up a lot. Mm, mm-hmm. I noticed that year that the fog went went turned back significantly. Yeah. So lead, yeah, lead is, you know, the mercury and inflammation can create that brain fog, but mercury alone is more a psychotic thing. (laughs) It tweaks you up and stuff. Klingart used to like to say, you know, Mozart was was highly mercury poisoned. Uh, They kept treating him for syphilis with it. And and so he was crazy. Or no, yeah, maybe there was something about Beethoven and Newton, Newton, Newton was too. All these alchemists would, would use mercury. And, you know, there was this genius psychosis that came along with it. Interesting. You know, whereas, I'm waiting for that part of it. lead, yeah, no, that's the mercury one. Lead just kind of makes you <laughs> When am I going to write know, my dull. opus? Come on, lead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in, in addition to some of the top metals that we've covered, and then, you know, I want to get into how, getting some of this stuff out um, and just nutrition in general, but 
what would you say are maybe the top three other environmental toxins like glyphosate or something like that that aren't a metal but really mold. wreak havoc? Ah. Mold toxins, number one. Uh, definitely. I mean, that's huge. Now, it's funny. You know, we got good during the energy crisis at super insulating all of our houses. Now, as soon as a drop of water gets in that insulation, it turns into a freaking mold then. You know, the, the houses don't, you know, they don't dry anymore. And uh, so that's a really big one. And it's, that one's just a killer because it blows out your, it turns down your detoxification system. It blocks this pathway called NRF2, which is crucial to detoxification. It winds up uh, abnormal immune response, like food allergy and mast cell activation. You know, it just winds that all up. And so it's, you know, it's blocking you against its own detoxification. Then you've got, uh, you know, glyphosate is definitely one that's out there and it's uh, a sulfation inhibitor is just one of your phases of, uh, of detox. And it's also used for transporting hormones. And it is a ex glutamate excitotoxin. So it acts on these glutamate receptors and, you know, winds up neuroinflammation and anxiety. Is that like M MSG? Yeah, would, would be yeah, a yeah. Monosodium glutamate was activating glutamate receptors. So GABA and glutamate are your yin-yang in the brain. And it's really 80% of neurotransmission is GABA and glutamate. Oh, wow. You know, GABA being, uh, well, glutamate being a stimulatory and GABA inhibitory. And uh, so glutamate is good because it makes you on, it gives you focus, it gives you memory. Of course, part of why you have memory is to remember why you don't get killed by things you know remember things that will kill you and so right. anxiety and fear is also part of that and so those you know they have that thing you know i was uh, my dad was a professor and you know all the academics you know you're always reading and memorizing you're very glutamate dominant and they all go kind of crazy at the end uh and they all have you know a lot of paranoid tendencies and uh things like that from too much glutamate but monosodium glutamate hyperactivated that and would you know have kids kind of jump off the walls and activate neuroinflammation. I had all these different problems. Uh, Russell Blaylock was the first guy who wrote about all that stuff. But then other toxins, uh, plasticizers. We've gone from our generation, maybe you're the tail end of that. How old are you? 48. No, you're, you're that generation. I'm 50. That was like the metals generation. And then you go into the plastics generation. What does the plastics generation look like? Uh, really holding a lot of weight and effeminizing. So all you you can cut this out if you want. But, no, no, the, we uh, keep it very real xeno, on the show. It's a xenoestrogen, and so all these kids are sort of like in the middle and not sure where they are. And these feminized, overweight boys—that's plastics. And in fact, and and. Largely endocrine dis disruptors. So there's a number of different chemicals that are endocrine disruptors that are uh, of industrial origin, but plastics are what we probably have the highest exposure to. And years ago, like 20 years ago, uh, when I was in grad school, I was reading all this literature because I was in these environmental science departments. So there'd be ecology and, and biochemistry and stuff. And there was collapses in populations of amphibians 
because they were losing their sexuality. Their polarity was going away and they didn't know what to have sex with and they weren't reproducing. And so they, you know, why amphibians? Because they absorb everything through that nice soft frog skin. Wow. And so it, they were just like, boy frog, girl frog, I don't know. Don't know what to do. And whole populations were going away. That's interesting because um, that's one of the biggest... Um pieces of criticism people have had and, and ridicule of Alex Jones, who's a you know conservative talk yeah, show yeah, host. Yeah, yeah. And he's been talking about these toxins in our environment and explaining, I mean, the way he phrased it was it was turning the frogs gay. And now there's all these Big memes yo. and everyone uses that as a means to attack the guy. And I'm like, he was actually right. He's like, totally right. And know. it's like, it's very controversial, but there's groups of scientists that are accumulating all of this literature on endocrine disruptors and when they came in and, you know, pointing at this, you know, sort of difficulty in polarization of sexes in the younger generation. You notice how nicely I phrased that? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing with, <laughs> with some of the, that's in the politically correct environment that we live in. It's, you, you sometimes find yourself having to dance around just stating, like, even when obvious. I just said it's turning the frogs gay, then that would imply there's something wrong with being gay, which of course I'm a conscious enough human being to not believe that. Uh, totally but, fine. But, but you're talking about, you're talking about damage to living organisms yeah. that's being caused by toxins. And then yeah. the effect of that is, you know, the expression of hormones and the confusion yeah. uh, psychologically there. And you'll see it morphologically too. And, right. uh, you know, it's not, you know, I don't want to get too down, far down that rabbit hole, yeah. but there's this weird murky place that is not your traditional, like my gay friends, yeah. you know, that are just like, you know, it's just the way it always was for them. Right. <laughs> and they're healthy and, you know, yeah. uh, depending on their lifestyle and yeah. fit. And, you know, it's just, that's the way it is. Yeah. Uh, it's not that weird murky world. That so is what, are, what, are, what are some of the other, I mean, when we're drinking, you know, you're drinking a glass of bottled water. Uh, yeah. Are you getting a bunch of plasticizers from that are in that water now? Like, what are some of the ways in which we... Yeah, that's, that's a big way. This is, this is a good bottle. The PETs are pretty good. The really soft ones are pretty bad. And then when they sit out in the sun, they're really bad. But some of the things we don't realize, one of the great sources of bisphenol A is the receipts you get from the cash register. I've heard that. So that is in fact true? People, yeah, it is. That's oh, okay. totally true. Is it and, in the ink? Uh, or the no, it's a just... coding. Ah, it's coding okay. on the paper. Because, you know, it's it's how it, it's not, it, those aren't ink jets. They, you know, it's like impact. And, ah, and, okay. You know, it's like carbon paper type of thing. Right, right, right. And so the way they lay that uh, down is is you know using these plasticizers. Okay, so, so now I won't feel I won't yeah. feel as paranoid when I wash my hands after I processed a bunch of my receipts at the yeah, end of the month. Yeah, or whatever. exactly. No, okay, you, that's you, good. you should you should wash your hands there. Uh, a lot of uh, products that young kids are using these days. So, you know, uh, Mark Schaus. Mark Schaus lectures about this stuff the most. And uh, he used to talk about Axe, that spray that the, the boys oh, yeah, use. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just chock full of endocrine disruptors. Oh, you, you know, you think you're going to make, you think you're going to be sexy to the girls, but it doesn't work. Oh my God. <laughs> you finally uh, get the girl and you're wondering what's happening. The sad irony of our sad world irony. sometimes. Okay, so the so we've got the metals, we've got mold, we've got glyphosate, then we've got the plastic as being some of the top ones. So let's talk a little bit just about, you know, you've given me the scientific kind of basis of how detox works. So I want to run some of the common sort of 
pop culture detox methods by you and see what your perception of their validity would be. So when I started out on the journey 22 years ago or so, I realized I was highly toxic from the lifestyle I had led, the diet and all that. Right. And so I, you know, if I got the, a cold or a flu, I'd do a five to a 20-day juice fast. And I just do water, uh, spring water and green juice, like a sugar-free green juice. And I do that and my immune system would seem to kick back in and I would get healthier and feel clearer and cleaner. And that was kind of my method of detoxing. Maybe I'd use some, some herbs, your cat's claw, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah different uh, detoxifying herbs and I'd make these big teas out of them. And that was kind of the early, the detoxing. And now you see so many companies have the three-day detox, five-day detox, yeah. and you're, you're eliminating the, the macronutrients and just doing some kind of juice or a drink yeah. or your, um, the other one where you do the, uh, the master cleanse, the, yeah, you know, the yeah. lemonade, lemon juice. yeah, lemon yeah. juice with molasses. And yeah. so, so let's Cayenne. start, let's start out with, with those detoxes where you're just eliminating food and doing a bunch of liquids, is there is there any efficacy to that? And how, if so, how how deep does that go? Or should you yeah, just go? Yeah, there, there's efficacy to that. You're, you're shifting over your metabolism. I mean, that's like a little keto fast, right? And you shift over your metabolism and uh, you'll generate more mitochondrial energy and, and, and you're activating a couple of triggers that are conducive to... Uh, helping detoxification. And then depending on what other stuff you take with that, that may help activate detoxification even more. And so this do have validity, but really uh, a serious detoxification for metals or mold, you know, it takes months. Right. It's not just a couple of days. Right. And so that's sort of a, a quick cleanup. It's not a deep cleanup. And so one of the ways that we stage detoxifications uh, in some people who are, you know, very toxic and uh, very, very sensitive will do first sort of a cleanup of the low-hanging fruit and kind of activate the liver to clean up what's circulating in the blood. But you're not going into the tissues to dump deep stores of stuff out of the tissues. And that's more what these, uh, what those juice fasts are doing. Okay. Uh, they're, they're sort of helping with the low-hanging fruit, clearing up the overburdened GI tract, which is helping clear up overburdened liver. And in the fasting, there's a lot of triggers that go and happen uh, in the liver. And so... That's a good way to sort of prime liver GI and start to clear away some of the load that's circulating in the blood. Okay. So it's actually a great adjunct to the way we do detoxification where we're having really specific cellular triggers that we're going after. Okay, good. That's good to know. So I haven't totally wasted my time and neither are those people doing that, but it, it's not going to be the be all end all, but just kind no. of setting the stage for doing the deeper work, yeah. you know, further yeah, yeah, upstream. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Uh, next one, and I, and I did this once. I did a 30-day... Um, I've been using infrared saunas forever, yeah. you know, um, love them and all types of saunas. I sweat stuff out, but then I, you know, had these lead levels using the Quicksilver Scientific, um, uh, try, what's it called? The tri-test? Mercury tri-test. Yeah, mercury tri-test. Then you I'm probably like, did the blood metals panel that yeah, would show I did, the, the blood metals panel. Yeah, yeah. okay. And because I've done all this functional medicine, and you know, it always comes back different and I'm like, I want yeah. something that's more accurate and everyone yeah. said, you guys are the guys. So I did that through Parsley Health and they, you know, signed off on my orders and stuff, which was great. Right. Then... You know, I do these fasts and it doesn't really change anything. So then I did this 30-day um, niacin sauna oh, thing. Niacin sauna yeah, thing. The, yeah, the L. Ron Hubbard yeah, protocol, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. 
And so taking all of these micronutrients, just tons of supplements that were recommended as the protocol, and then you do, you know, well, if you were in a regular sauna, you do up to four hours a day, but in an infrared, you sweat a lot faster and a lot more. So you do an hour a day in the infrared, basically. Um, And then you increase your dosage. uh, I think you go up 100 milligrams a day, essentially, on the niacin, you know, just to the point of flushing. You work out real hard, then you go in the sauna. And I stuck to the protocol, you know, like I really was religious about it. And I did my test before for metals and I did my test after that. Yeah. But here's the thing. I kind of screwed the results because I also did your black box too. Oh, yeah. Program At uh, the same time. around the same time. And that is actually how, how you should do it. Okay, okay. You should be doing the biochemical and these other inputs, at, like the dietary and the sauna at the same time. But okay. keep going. And then well, then afterward, my, all my metal levels had gone down considerably. And it's been you know maybe a year and a half since I, I yeah. haven't retested after that. But I wanted to see the graph of the metals really high, do a really dedicated, committed, hardcore yeah. detox protocol, look at my metals afterward, and yeah. I got the desired result. Yeah. I have them somewhere in Dropbox, you know, yeah, yeah. publish them someday and say, hey, this is, you know, this is how you do it. It actually works. I'm someone that follows intuition a lot, but yeah, I don't yeah. mind seeing some empirical evidence that say, hey, your efforts and the money you spent actually did something. Yeah, yeah. We, we do need to document these things and, and prove that, the, uh, that things are working. Uh, so the sauna stuff and the niacin is, is very cool. You know, a lot of these things, these sort of naturopathic techniques evolved and people didn't really know the mechanisms for them. And so if you really want to tune something in, you need mechanism. You need to really know why things are working so that you can uh, have the best tools to, to target everything. So sauna, I love sauna and everybody thinks it's just about detoxification. And yeah, you do sweat out toxins. It's kind of similar to... Uh, what you sweat, what you get rid of in your urine. Uh, and so a lot of sweat is kind of like they call it a third kidney and, and you get rid of some stuff. But it also uh, turns up heat shock protein response, uh, which is a stress response, which adds into the detoxification pathways. And it turns up regeneration of tetrahydrobiopterin, which also uh, it will support the generate the general biochemistry around detoxification, but it really helps you reboot your adrenals very nice. So that's how I use saunas. And they really like when I'm all foggy uh, from too much pro-inflammatory uh, stuff and not enough adrenal uh, control of the inf- inflammation, I do a sauna and I feel much better. Now the niacin thing is cool. So everybody's like Oh, yeah, it makes you flush and, and it brings blood to your skin and then you sweat out the toxins. Niacin now, we know, is a precursor to NAD. And high NAD levels are totally essential for driving all of those aspects of the glutathione system. Oh, interesting. And there was a cool researcher doing work on mercury and he would do these cell cultures or grow these little worms and he could pre-treat them with... Uh, with glutathione or NRF2 upregulators and turn on the enzymes, and that would make them more resistant to mercury. Or it could pre-treat them with NAD, and that did everything. You know, it was really made them, them very resistant. And, uh, and so I gave this lecture, and I said, is that because then you're driving enough cellular energy turnover to be able to feed all of, you know, be able to upregulate all of these detoxification enzymes. So I think that's why the sauna niacin works together. That's You're cool. driving NAD production. Nicotinamide 
adenine dinucleotide is what that is, is NAD and nicotinic acid is the precursor of it. And that's niacin. Interesting. That's cool. That's why that nicotinamide does... riboside is called niagen. Right. Yeah, right. This is the all nice. With the um with these NAD supplements that are coming out now, whether they be like a true niagen where it's the precursor or the ones that are, you know, you go get I just recently did a a, a, a NAD IV, you know, and then there's one school of thought that hey, you know, you don't have enough of it, put it in exogenously. The same could be said for glutathione, yeah, yeah. right? And then there's another school of thought that's like, don't don't take glutathione, don't do NAD because you're going to signal your body, or melatonin, you're going to signal your body to be like, nope, we're done. We don't need to make it anymore. And then you you screw up your, your body's ability to receive that signaling and then produce yeah, that compound. Yeah, you know, that kind of a negative feedback loop happens when you jam in a whole lot of stuff, but not when you're just sort of bumping up the levels a little bit. Uh, often we don't make enough and we're taking enough just to bring up the levels a little bit. You don't have that negative feedback inhibition. Uh, and so, I, you know, I don't find that with glutathione. I find there's times when we need that crutch and that extra input and that's when we take it. Uh, and so with the NAD, so you've got the NAD precursors, but they don't absorb very well. We put nicotinamide riboside in a nanoliposome and it was like freaking amazing. Really? That was like liquid lightning, but we, we can't get a, a, a license from Chromadex to sell it where we want, so we just sort of tabled it. Uh, and uh, so I have like some in my bag, you know, all my private stash with yeah. all the esoteric nutrients and I have that. Oh, that must be fun. I need to get a lab. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, every, and everybody knows like, you know, if I'll see someone like Mark Hyman at a show, he'll come over and it'll be like, what's in the bag? And they look for the hand-labeled bottles that are right. Right, stuff right, I right. made for myself. Right. But NAD generation, turning up NAD generation with phytonutrients can work when you're doing them in these nanoparticles. And so uh, the same results I used to get from that liposomal niagen, I get from the keto before six. Uh, part of that, like there's so many things in there that affect NAD, NADH ratios and uh, hitting these AMPK triggers does the resveratrol does that, but silymarin does that and quercetin is the big one. And that Sinclair, that's his favorite for upregulating NAD production inside the cells. And uh, the nanoquercetin really seems to do that very nicely. And the cool. nanoquercetin's in the keto before six, along with the resveratrol and the silver. That'd probably be a lot faster than trying to eat a bunch of capers to get it. <laughs> yeah, no, capers aren't going to get you there in I mean, any the time I, I love, soon. You know, I love finding the foods that have these these sort of, yeah. you know, these different uh, somewhat rarefied compounds, but then the amount that you'd have to eat, you know it what gets I'm saying? A, you know, it's a buzzkill pretty quick. Yeah. You know? um, okay, so... What did I want to ask you? Oh man, there's a couple more things I wanted to cover real quick before we before we wrap it up. As yeah. we, uh, yeah, we come near the end here, yeah. If you want to cover here. the liver, you know, bioflow aspect and NRF2 upregulation around detoxification, okay, we can cover that. Yeah, or more about nano delivery, either one. You know what? Let's go into the nano delivery because yeah. I feel like with the with the detoxification, there's there's an element of getting accurate testing, right? Yeah. That would be, you got to figure out what's going on in there and then base a protocol, um, whether it be stacking, as we said, you know, doing a fast, a juice fast, water yeah, fast. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to mention. I just want to cycle back to that quick. Yeah. Is like, say you're doing sauna therapy. The way I do sauna therapy, I take, I use our push catch liver detox with it and that's got the adequately named liver sauce and that has 
everything for upregulating bioflow, all the phases of detoxification, and, and even some autophagy at the same time. And that winds up all this dumping of toxins. So I take that right before I get into the sauna, and the sauna's winding up all this mobilization of toxins as well. And uh, 20 minutes, in, you know, I'll do like a 15 minute session, then I'll take the binder. The, the charcoal clay combination and pick all that stuff up and then I'll do another 15 minutes. So I'm overlapping all the activity of the sauna with all this activation of the biochemistry for getting stuff out. And part of that is biochemistry in the liver, but another part of it is biochemistry in the cells. And that's uh, especially the lipoic acid turns up NRF2 in the cells and has you squeeze the toxins out of the tissues. So remember, there's that microcosm of pushing out of the cells and out of the tissues into the blood and the macrocosm of draining uh, from you know liver and kidneys. And that NRF2 upregulation really gets stuff out of the cells and then you can sweat some of that out or you can dump some of that out through the liver. But stacking on these things and and you know, doing the juice fast to get that metabolic clarity at the same time you're doing detox. I've seen the best drops in uh, in blood metal levels from people fasting and using all of our uh, biochemistry for detoxification at the same time. On the detoxification thing, I did have one more question, actually. What would you recommend for a, a woman and or the man that's going to be um, helping to make a baby happen, but what would be a good pre-pregnancy protocol to do? Like, what uh, are some of the things you really want to look out for if you're like, hey, I want to have a baby this year? Yeah, I mean, definitely I would do just a general detoxification like our Black Box 2 or a Push Catch. Uh, but I would always encourage them to look into the metals, especially mercury is a really bad one because the the circulating levels in the baby are higher than they are in the mother. And so there's Whoa. a lot of potential for problems there. And so if they look at the mercury levels, then they want to bring them down. Then you're looking at sort of a, a three, four, even five month commitment there. And then let the body calm down, you know, for a month or two before you try to get pregnant. So I would encourage people to, to plan ahead. Uh, if they, you know, a lot of people are impatient. They're like, okay, now I want to make a baby. And then you got to put them on these shorter detoxes, but you should always do something to clear some of the levels uh, of toxins out. And, you know, it's either going to be targeted where you know what you've got, or it's going to be a generalist detox. And the difference between the two is not all that freaking massive. Right. I mean, it's, I would imagine it's safe to say if you're not a hunter gatherer person living in the bush somewhere in the nether regions of the earth that you're toxic. Yeah. So you might as well just do like a pretty hardcore few month protocol. Uh, yeah. And that's like some people, I, I do love testing, but uh, it's not a prerequisite unless you really, you know, you're really trying to isolate what a, a certain problem is. Right. Uh, everybody needs to detoxify and the, and the detoxification protocols that we've made have become more and more generalist. The core is the same for all of them. We might add one or two things in to, you know, for lead, we, we got to bring in a little bit of liposomal ADTA. Metals, we're always going to put glutathione on there. You know, we usually going to have CBD in there for this autonomic effect. Uh, but you know, it's going to be really a similar detox, you know, for yeah. for everything. Everybody wants it to be all, you know, specialized just for them. Yeah. So I write their name on the box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, in, in as we wrap it up here, I do want to cover 
you know, supplements in general and... Um, and nano delivery. Yeah, nano delivery. Because as I said, I'm someone that's, you know, kind of pissed that for years I was wasting a lot of money yeah. on expensive pee and yeah. uh, real yellow pee. It was, it was beautiful. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think it's like watching dollar bills just fly down the toilet essentially yeah. because of the absorption. And one specifically that I've noticed, and one of the reasons I want to interview you, because I just, when I find someone who has shit that really works, I like to help them. Thank Honestly, you. you know, it's just like, because there's so many crappy companies out there making yeah. worthless shit and people are wasting their money on it. Yeah. But I, I don't typically take melatonin just because yeah. that is one I just intuitively feel like I, I don't want to mess with my own body's ability to produce yeah. it. And I work a lot with daylight and, yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. avoiding blue light. Especially these high dose ones, man. Yeah. But I got to say, when I travel and I'm going to be changing time zones and I want to hack you know, like basically yeah. trick my body into yeah. different time zones ahead of time or after the fact. I use your um, Quicksilver Scientific Melatonin. Yeah. Two squirts of that and I'm freaking floored. <laughs> it's like I'm literally in a coma. But I could do the same milligrams of any other oh, melatonin yeah. on the market. Yeah. It does nothing. And I'm yeah. like, melatonin's fake. It, does, it doesn't work. So is that because I'm just, I'm doing it under the tongue and I literally will fall asleep with it just absorbing yeah. under the tongue. You know, different I'm compounds, out. you know, the increase in bioavailability from the nano delivery, the degree of it is going to depend on what the absorption of the, the normal compound is. So uh, like for vitamin C, it's pretty available. And so it's not a really huge burst to, to do a liposome. For glutathione, it's a massive difference. For uh, CBD, it's like, you know, a five, six X difference in liposome or not. And, and there's total bioavailability and immediacy. The nano thing under the tongue is boom. You know, when we did the B, B12 study, it was in the blood in two minutes. Wow. And then it was just a linear rise over the next 20 to 30 minutes. And so, uh, like I said, with some of these real st small particles, uh, we'll see like resveratrol and CBD. We'll see the peak in 15 to 20 minutes and the blood level difference, like the peak for CBD in just a regular oil is like two hours. And the difference in the levels from the peaks is more than 5X. Then it's, you know, it's, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, it's a, no, yeah, that was about 4X difference in the peak amount. But the total amount absorbed was five and a half fold wow. increased by a nano delivery. Wow. So with that melatonin, it's going in really fast and furious, getting a high dose and activating all the shit. It's going to activate, boom, you're out. Right. Yeah, it's fantastic. I yeah. keep it in my shaving kit. It's like my, yeah. it's one of my best it's your travel, travel hacks. Yeah, yep. making an, on, uh, an online course about biohacking travel. Yeah, and yeah. your, your melatonin's in there, dude, because yeah. it's the one. Um, what about, you know, with uh, other supplements that are, Synthetic, like for example, your I love your B complex yeah. supplement. What what's that actually derived from? Like where does that? Oh, is it a B fermentation process. Ferments, yeah, oh, okay. B vitamins are isolated from ferments. You know, okay. so they're different microorganisms. You know, bacteria they culture and they, you know, they select them to overexpress some vitamin and then they they isolate it right from that. so like a um like a brewer's yeast will be high in b vitamins because it's, yeah. it's a yeast and yeah and then they'll, it's a they'll ferment, isolate it from Got from it. that yeah. and i've noticed a lot of your stuff is actually based on plant extracts and you'll have you actually use a lot of herbs you've got adaptogenic herbs in yeah, there too i've got whole plant extracts and then you have nutraceuticals and people love the term nutraceuticals but they don't like what's a nutraceutical take a plant isolate a single compound from it 
and then it's a nutraceutical. So uh, resveratrol coming from Japanese, not weed. Berberine coming from uh, Oregon grapefruit or, you know, coptis. Uh, Quercetin is isolated from Sephora japonica flowers. Those are uh, pure compound nutraceuticals. And then you've got like vitamins and stuff, pure compounds. Uh, and I like working with compounds and I like working with whole plant. I like to get them together. Because the pure compound is often the real big metabolic trigger or, the, you know, the, the big biochemical target. And the whole plant stuff is sort of the symphony around it that supports your body. And so you look at something like the one. You got pure PQQ, pure resveratrol, pure CoQ10. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? It's the best, yeah. And then you got an adaptogen blend underneath it, providing this broad... Uh, support around the whole system. Yeah. And so I love to make products. So like I love that. The, the one that he's talking about, you guys, is a, um, it comes in a little bottle and it's the energy one. You know, it's like the mitochondrial one when, yeah, when you're tired and run down. That stuff, that's another good one for travel. Yeah. I keep that on the airplane, yeah. on the airplane with me and I just do it the whole yep. flight because I get so smoked oh, when I fly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the deal with the CoQ10 and PQQ? Try flying with that one too. Try okay, that one. I will. He's talking you. about his keto. The keto before six. six. So, yeah, which yeah, I have a and, bottle and of right it can right be here. a smaller dose and when you're trying to drive ketosis, it's like a teaspoon, but like a, a quarter teaspoon will, will uh, I believe, upregulate your NAD production to protect you during travel. Nice. So take that, and I might even blend this blend into the one. I'm, I'm, oh, interesting. You know, because they they're doing the same thing from different angles, and and they really should come together very nicely. The last thing I want to ask you is, uh, you've got a product that's got K two and D three in K2, it. Yeah. Why is it important to mix those together? And tell us a little bit about K two and why it's not that available in our diet. You know, I used to buy this uh, natto, yeah. you know, this fermented yeah. soybeans from this specialty place in San Francisco and it's full of K2, yeah. apparently, uh, and, you know, loads of bacteria, but it would smell up the whole house like, you know, yeah. 10 Eat. rotting feet just fell on the floor. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I used to live in this really big house and I live with my girlfriend and if I would open up a natto on the awesome. other end of the house, she'd be like, she'd ah! Be like ah, God, don't open that crap because it was so smelly. Um, so then I started looking for other forms of K2 and a supplement and I found yours. And why is K2 so yeah, important and so why does it come with D3? Because vitamin D, uh, a big aspect of it is, is calcium metabolism. And uh, a lot of D will start to mobilize calcium. And you don't want to move calcium. You want calcium in the hard tissue, not in the soft tissue. You want it in the bone. You don't want it in the matrix and the soft tissue. And D has a little bit of this aspect of calcium mobilization. And K has this opposite mechanism of driving calcium back into the bones. I think it's osteocalcin or something. It upregulates this enzyme that puts calcium where it's supposed to be. It has a lot of other things that it does, but that's the main thing why you put it with the D so that you have the proper, you're hitting all the hormone triggers with the D, but you're keeping, you're getting the right partitioning of, of calcium into the right organ, not into the wrong organ. And it's it's interesting that it's in uh, a lot of high calcium foods like uh, hard cheeses. And so you're going to see a lot, like there's a lot of people who are like, Super negative on calcium right now. 
calcium is killing you. And it's like, it's because of calcification and things. Calcification, yeah. calcification of arteries, calcification of soft tissues, uh, and that is a real problem. But it doesn't mean. And over-supplementing calcium was a big problem for a long time. You know, trying to use calcium for osteoporosis caused a lot of freaking problems. Uh, with K2, then the calcium goes into the right place. And it has, you know, the, it's keeping things in the right compartment. And that's what K2 uh, does for you. Cool. Thanks, man. I've always wondered about that. Because, yeah. you know, I eat a fair amount of grass-fed butter. And, you know, even every once in a while, I still eat the natto, but... You know, it seems to be such a fundamental part of uh, the nutrient profile yeah. that keeps us going. And it's yeah. just, it's hard to seem, seemingly yeah. find enough of it in food. Yeah. We even put it in our ultravitamin, that, uh, that multivitamin. That's a, sort of a sleeper for us. People are like, yeah, multivitamins, whatever. You take that nano multivitamin, that's a game changer. Oh, really? Oh, it's fantastic. All right, cool. I'm yeah, going to try it out. Dude. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. All right. So I think we're done, man. Thank you so much for, for your time. Uh, Absolutely. My last question is this, Chris. Yeah. You've taught me an immense amount of information today as you have our guests who have stayed with us through this conversation. Uh, who have been three teachers or teachings that you might recommend the listeners go learn from? Oh, geez. You know, I I learned a lot from uh, Dietrich Klinghardt and Hal Huggins in, in the early days. Uh I learned the most around keto stuff and mTOR probably from uh, Joe Mercola's book, Fat for Fuel. He got me going on this stuff. So those are things that come to mind right now because the things that I'd be like, oh, you got to read all of Dean Jones's work on glutathione is all academic journals. And, right. and, uh, and there's a ton to learn in academic journals. And one of the what a PhD means. I'm just going to finish with this because armchair scientists can really get themselves into trouble. You can defend just about any stupid idea by going into PubMed and finding something that that uh, supports your your notions. Because right. there's so much junk papers out there. You know, science. You know, PhD students got to get stuff published. It may be wrong. The data may be wrong. They just got to get it out there. And uh, the meaning of a PhD is that you are qualified to direct into Independent research, meaning you know how to sift through uh, truth and falsehood or half truth, or they were just starting to understand this and they didn't have this really right yet. Uh, and so there is a world of understanding in the scientific literature, but you, there's a lot, you know, it's like Dr. Google, it'll send you in a lot of uh, bad directions. I've noticed that. Yeah. You yeah. know, the interesting thing on that note on Google is, you know, sometimes someone will ask me, hey, I've got gout, I've got this or that. And I know some stuff. I've been into this for a yeah. while. I interview brilliant people like you. So I, I learn and I pick it up. But there's, you know, there's some things like the other day, um, a friend of mine was asking me about kidney stones. And I thought, wow, it's, that is probably, you know, the imbalance of calcium. So I'm kind of thinking K2. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking take apple cider vinegar. But I really didn't have like a natural remedy. But I go on Google and it's like just a bunch of bullshit on the first two pages. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just... Like the, the, the kind of more obscure alternative health stuff seems to be getting buried in the algorithm. Oh, it's buried. And there's Are you just, noticing there's that too? Just, oh, yeah. And then, it, then there's just plagiarism of junk. Yeah. So <laughs> right. the list of the six herbs that help with gout and 
and it's just junk. And then one person's play, you know, copying and pasting yeah, it, exactly. and then there's just a perpetuation of junk information. And the good stuff, yeah, it's buried way back there yeah. because you know the good people don't know SEO; they just freaking put the shit out there, right? And uh, you know the people who are just putting junk lists; they're just fishing for attention because they're trying to sell something beneath the list of the five herbs, you know, right? And uh, so they go to the top of the organic searches and then you know the good stuff's way back there so that's why i gotta go to people like you that will read all those geeky research papers oh, and yeah. sift through the noise and yeah. you know give us the net result uh actually i got in closing i asked like i want to ask you do you have anything quick on gout or kidney stones like a blanket recommendations on I either don't. one uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking of, that? those are my, my two recent inquiries from personal friends, you know, and I was like, actually, I don't really know, but I'll keep it in mind to ask some of my guests that are, you know, have general yeah, knowledge about, stuff. you know, when in doubt, detoxify. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. You know. Okay. And where can people find you? Social media websites, anything you want to promote or turn people onto? Quicksilverscientific.com. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. If you go there, look for the Quicksilver Scientific Dude, YouTube I, channel. There's I like say 30 I, webinars. I love there. your videos. And one of the coolest thing is in a lot of his videos, guys, he has visuals, which is really important for a guy like me. I'm very visual. So yeah. when you show, you know, a glutathione, emulsified nanomolecule, whatever, yeah. then you see that next to a cell, you're like, oh, I get why it goes in. It's yeah. smaller. You know, you could explain yeah. that scientifically. So... Keep up the visuals. I want to just tell you as a as an avid viewer of your stuff. Yeah, I'm a very visual dude. Yeah, too, it really it really helps those of us that are inclined that way. Yeah, um, that have a hard time reading a scientific paper. I love to watch videos, and I take a lot in. And just and just as a as a props to your business, um, you. it's really great that you have so many videos on your site too. Yeah, because I'm not going to go and like read through four pages of, you know, why a supplement works, what's in it and all that. Right. Unless I'm promoting something to people, then I'll kind of do the research because yeah. I want to feel integrous about it. It's easier to watch it because I've distilled oh, down so much stuff. And yeah. some of it's like hardcore biochemistry and some of it's really simple. And I try to cycle, like, let's go into the mechanism now, let's come back to the result. And uh, there's, God, there's so much material on that YouTube yeah. uh, site so there. QuicksilverScientific.com and then look up Quicksilver Scientific on YouTube. Okay, you can get to the social media, Instagram, Facebook. You're going to see all these landing pages for the Keto Before 6. Cool. Keto Before 6 is just like the coolest freaking thing I've done. I'm so stoked. Long. I'm yeah, stoked because gonna, I, I honestly, I, I believe in the keto and I feel good in ketosis, but it's also really hard for me just to be in the habit of testing. You know, I don't... Oh, yeah. There's, I think a, there's a breath one you can do now, but, you know, you got to check every few hours. You got to prick your skin. It's no. like, dude, I, I've got to live my life. Just I can't be testing this, ketosis all day long. Do this during the day. And take, uh, you know, and just eat no carbs, high fat, moderate protein during the day. And then at night, just eat whatever you want. Love that. And it'll work 10 times out of 10. Cool. Thanks for your time, dude. All right. You're welcome. Somebody please call in the hazmat team to clean my brains off the floor. Wow. Mind blown. Chris Shade. What a brilliant dude. I've been wanting to interview this guy forever. I was tickled pink to find out that many of my detox methods and protocols are actually legit. Also fascinating to learn about some of the things that don't work and why, and also just the different ways that we pick up toxins and also just how to get nutrients into our bodies. And, you know, shameless plug for Chris's company to Quicksilver Scientific, as I said in the intro, I take their stuff every single day, different things. And um, so I put it on my website, lukestory.com forward slash store. 
If you want to get Quicksilver Scientific through my store, you'll support the mission here and also get 10% off your first order. So go to lukestory.com forward slash store where I've got all kinds of stuff, including our other sponsors, Organifi, you'll find there, organifi.com forward slash Luke. Code is Lifestylist, 20% off. Owned a wellness, bomb ass CBD oil. I'm using that stuff on the daily. It's killing my sleep. I mean, in the best way by killing, I mean that positively. As in, it's killer, dude. It's killer CBD, bro. You can save 15% by using the code Luke15 at ownedawellness.com. If you want to do something to kill that blue light, what you can go to blueblocks.com. B-L-U-B-L-O-X. Use the code Lifestylist and save 15% off their super fresh, super fine blue blocking eyewear collection. If you want to support the show and you don't want to spend a goddamn dime, listen, I respect that. Keep posting these things on your Instagram stories. A lot of people will do a screen grab and I'll tell you what, I'll make you, well, I can't make a promise, but it's highly likely that I will repost you if you do a story uh, on Instagram sharing the podcast, you know, an episode like this one or one that perhaps inspired you. Uh, I almost all the time do a repost. Now, I don't know if my 60,000 followers are going to follow you or not. But if you're trying to grow your account, that's one little thing I can do to help that happen, perhaps. Reciprocal, um, shameless uh, bribe there, kind of. (laughs) No, seriously, though, share this episode with a friend, man. If you don't want to go to the store, if you don't want to support the sponsors, I don't care. It's all good. But one thing you can do that absolutely helps the mission here is text this episode to a friend. uh, Email it to someone, screen grab it, post it to your Facebook, post it to Instagram, tweet it. Anything you can do to help me get the word out is just super supportive and so much appreciated. We're on the eve of our uh, three-year anniversary here, June 6th, this Thursday. It'll be three years since I launched the very first episode, man. It's crazy. That episode was called Return of the Jedi. And that's where I told my whole life story. And that's what launched this here podcast three years ago. So I'm super stoked. It's a great week celebrating that and if you want to help me celebrate just share it with the show we're almost um creeping up on three million downloads here so you know i guess we're at about a million downloads a year which is good um it's you know i'm sure surpasses where some new podcasts are but there's also podcasts to get multi-millions per episode you know what i'm saying so my goal in 2019 is to get up to at least a hundred thousand a week Um, And the only way that's going to happen is if each and every one of you, probably 35,000 people or so are hearing my voice right now, this week, uh, if all those people shared it with just one friend and they listened to it, imagine what would happen to my downloads. Wow. Very inspiring. In all seriousness, though, thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to be back with you on Tuesday with Aubrey Marcus and Whitney Miller. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.